Hey everybody, this is Cameron Brower, and my alien life starts in... Hey everybody, welcome to My Alien Life. It is Wednesday, March 6, 2019. The website is www.myalienlifepodcast.com. There you will find a photo and subject matter for tonight's podcast, Men in Black. If you didn't know Men in Black or Men in Black or MIB, They're the men dressed in black suits who claim to be quasi-government agents, and they harass or threaten UFO witnesses to keep them quiet about what they've seen. Um, Sometimes it's implied that they, they also could be aliens themselves. The term is frequently used to describe mysterious men working for unknown organizations as well as various branches of the government, allegedly designed to protect or perform other strange activities, which that's kind of vague. Um, The term is generic, used for any unusual, threatening, or strangely behaved individual whose whose appearance on the scene can be linked in some fashion with a UFO sighting or or other related phenomenon. Um, Several alleged encounters with the men in black have been reported by UFO researchers and enthusiasts. Um, stories about alleged real-life Men in Black inspired the semi-comic science fiction and very popular Men in Black franchise of, of comic books, films, and other media. As I kind of wanted to tell you before and when the podcast first started, this podcast is not a conspiracy podcast, and I really intended it to be about my own stories and adventures So in the last few days, I was feeling a little bit guilty because I really dislike the fact that I've done nothing but talk about myself for eight podcasts. And uh, I thought it would be great to switch gears a bit because my own story in itself is a bit painful and stressful. And and, uh, I'm trying to produce as many of these as I can so I can get my information out and as much information as I can come up with that's related um, online so so everybody can listen. Um, so I had to take a road trip for a couple of days and I spent a lot of time thinking about what I would do for this show and then took some notes and and uh, it always helps me to listen to other podcasts on kind of the same subject matter if I can find it. And this afternoon, the subject of this podcast, uh, for a better choice of words, kind of fell in my lap. Um, Unbeknownst to you, the website has been having issues with security since the day it went online. Uh, The podcast was available a few days before the website, and I think I have it fixed tonight. And the glitch was not that big of a deal, but it did cause the site to not load on many computers, including mine. Um, Literally for the last 10 days, we worked on it and thought we had it fixed a couple dozen times, and and we we kept uploading the information and and the website just wasn't working. It wasn't a secure site, and a lot of people couldn't look at it. Um, it was missing that little S in the web address that that signifies it's a secure website, and uh, we would have that up, and it'd be running great, and then the little S would disappear, which it isn't supposed to do. And 
and we were in constant constant contact with the hosting service, and they said it was fixed, and yes, it was fixed, and we saw it was fixed, and then moments later, um, it would drop that little S, and it wouldn't be a secure site, and we couldn't download it on our uh, secure system here. So um, this was a battle, and it seemed that we weren't winning, so then I went out of town for a couple days, and and I got out of town, and I checked the website, and I couldn't load it. Um, I was staying at a couple of different Hampton Inns. I couldn't load it at either Hampton Inn, and then I couldn't load it on my own computer, so I knew the website was, again, having having problems. So um, right now, it's been about four hours and counting. The website's up. It's secure. Hopefully, everyone can log on, and uh, it'll be problem-free from now on. And... Um, you know, when you've been through what I've been through, it's easy to get paranoid. Having a website that works is a big deal and and uh, helps me solve a lot of problems here. And it's great when I can get these podcasts up and running. But there's been other things that have made me wonder if there's something was trying to interrupt the podcast or it just there was too many things that went wrong. I live and die by this 27 inch Mac that I use at home and then I have a, a, a Mac laptop, and they're both great, and theoretically, they should be able to produce tons of podcasts for a very, very long time. Uh, both have been a champ for the last six months, never had a problem, but in the last two weeks, I've suffered through uh, freezing problems dozens of times. The mouse and the keyboard and my home computer um, suddenly was losing its Bluetooth connection and thinking it was batteries. I changed those twice, and, and that finally resolved the problem. Then I went back to work on some podcast notes several times, and I always used Microsoft Word, which which hasn't stopped crashing in the last week and haven't ever been able to um, resolve that issue. So I just dumped Microsoft Word, and I'm now using Google Docs, which is absolutely amazing. Never used that before. It's great, great traveling companion on the road, and I fully endorse Google Docs, and I hope everyone at Google gets rich richer, richer, the richest. And as I said before, I'm not a conspiracy guy, so if this turns out to be real or legit, I guess it's no longer a conspiracy, right? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thanks for joining me tonight, and I think we have everything ironed out. Um, Last couple of days, I was on the road. I listened to a bunch of podcasts. Yesterday, I heard one story for the second time in two weeks, and I had never heard the Men in Black story told by Dan Aykroyd until about two weeks ago. And it goes something like uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd, you know, he's, he's an actor and, and involved in lots and lots of other projects and does his own production. And um, he came forward with a story about when he was in California and he was taping a show about the paranormal and uh, show was about UFOs and UFO-related phenomenon, and he stepped out for a smoke from the studio, and he took a phone call, and he said he was taking it from Britney Spears, who asked him to appear on Saturday Night Live with her, and uh, he was just outside, and he noticed this black Ford SUV parked across the street, and a guy got out of the Ford and stood there and just kind of stared him down, and um, that went on for a couple of minutes, and then Aykroyd turned away for a moment and then turned back and found out the car and the man had completely vanished. And um, after he finished his phone call, he returned to the studio to learn that his show had been canceled and that he was ordered to stop filming immediately. And uh, Dan Aykroyd maintains that there was some kind of connection between these men in black or MIB and the end of his paranormal show. So 
yeah, so, okay, me, this morning, I'm road tripping. I, I stopped in Butte, Montana to get gas, and I've uh, been driving for a couple of hours. And in 24 hours overnight, the temperature had gone from about 17 below zero to about 25 above, and the wind was blowing very, very hard, made pumping gas extremely uncomfortable. And I let the pump do its thing, and I ran inside to the convenience store to get a soda. And as I was heading back out the door, a big, strong gust of wind blew snow all over the front of the building and, and uh, all over me and, and um, super cold gust of wind. And I zipped up my coat kind of as high as it would go. And right when I did that, I was looking directly at my car, and I could easily see the nozzle and the hose connected to the pump. I could see my car. And uh, literally stopped, looked down, zipped up my coat, and started walking toward my car. That took about two seconds. And then I was aware there was a black Suburban with blacked-out windows parked at the pump next to my car. And it wasn't there two seconds ago. Um, I stopped and uh, looked, and and the wind blew around me again, and, and it was very, very cold. I really wanted to get back into my car. So I walked a little faster and got in my car and I couldn't see the driver in the black Suburban, but I thought I could see kind of a a black lump behind the steering wheel that looked like it could be someone hunched over. Um, I wasn't really freaking out at this point because I, you know, my mind was just kind of racing and putting this time together of these two seconds when this, when this car suddenly appeared and so I walked over to my car and I got in my car. I tried not to be obvious and sort of looked at the vehicle out of the corner of my eye and I got in and, and started my car and I could see someone kind of sit up in the, in the Suburban and the person was wearing a black coat with a black hood and, and uh, I could see this through the passenger window and that passenger window and the driver's side window were not blacked out. And whatever, whoever was in the front seat looked to be kind of wrestling with something in the passenger seat. And at one time he stood up and he leaned way over and I could see mirrored sunglasses with black frames, kind of the wraparound type and gray facial hair, a little bit of a nose maybe. And I'm guessing it was a person in a black coat and black hood. And the coat also I could see on the right arm had grayish stripes that I know were, uh, well, I'm sure were reflector strips of some kind. And the arm I could see had a, a wide band around the arm with an ID badge and a photo, but I couldn't make out the, I could make out the shape of the ID badge, but it was too far away for me to see any detail. And uh, then the figure in the vehicle sat behind the steering wheel and just didn't move. I mean, just sat upright. And my car was parallel with the Suburban, and our front ends were in the same position. We were both facing the convenience store. And to exit the gas station, I'd have to turn in front of the Suburban, which was to my left, and go 180 degrees to get my car pointed toward the highway, which was, which was behind me. And I did that. So I started to pull away and pulled in front of the Suburban. Um, I kind of snuck a sideways glance to my left, and I saw the same person with the hood and the glasses and the gray facial hair and uh, just just for a brief second. And I actually turned my head toward the vehicle as it became opposite of mine and I was facing the other direction and I saw the guy glance over at me and it looked like a man with gray hair and and a gray beard rather. I couldn't see any hair but still wearing the hoodie with the 
with sunglasses and I watched the vehicle in my mirror the whole time and it disappeared as I approached the overpass of the highway and I got onto the highway and I couldn't see the vehicle anymore. So I drove and I drove for about five minutes. I kept looking behind me. Then I saw headlights and I absolutely knew it was that suburban. So I sped up to about 80 miles an hour and and it caught me in about I don't know, maybe two minutes, maybe five minutes. It was in the passing lane, which was snow-packed um, and icy from last night's storm. So I was a little edgy at this point, and it approached me, and I was still in the pa- or it was still in the passing lane on a long right-hand turn on the freeway. I slowed down because I really didn't believe anyone could safely navigate that icy turn at ninety miles per hour, and it slowed down and. And it slowed, and it was in my mirror's blind spot for a minute or so, and I actually thought for a second that it had disappeared. And then I I looked back, I turned my head, and I saw it. Um, Right then it started to pass to my left, and I froze at this point and kind of looked straight ahead until it got just a little bit in front of me as it was passing me, and I snapped a picture with my phone. Um, It stayed in the passing lane for a few minutes, and it was about a quarter mile ahead of me, and then pulled into the lane ahead of me. So it was directly ahead of me at this point. And the left lane was much, much deeper in snow now because uh, and snow on top of ice, so it was getting really treacherous. And we were approaching a windbreak, which was an off-ramp, so there was a lot more snow in that area. And the Suburban braked right ahead of me and slowed down to about 25 miles per hour. Um, right in my lane, I braked. And I drove into the passing lane, which had some deeper snow and and, uh, ice. And then the Suburban took the off-ramp and drove slowly through the snow until he was out of my sight behind me. But I kept looking in my rearview mirror, and I saw him cross the overpass and head west, which was to my left. He disappeared out of sight, and 15 minutes or so later, I'm driving just... There's no other traffic on the highway. It's really nice now. Um... I got into some area where it wasn't as windy and uh, the sun was out and I looked back and in my rear view mirror and the same headlights and that same black shape. And again, it, it approached me at like 90 miles per hour or so, but the time it took when it got off the highway exit and the side road didn't make sense to me. It still doesn't add up and it never will add up. This time it stayed in the passing lane and almost passed me, and uh, and then it slowed down, but it stayed in the passing lane about 50 yards behind me, and we are both driving about 70, and um, we came to another overpass. This one wasn't an exit. It was just a place for farmers to cross the highway, and um, it was on a corner, and for a moment I lost sight of this black Suburban that was blacked out, and right when it should have came out, back out into my vision just a few seconds later, I never saw it again, and um, I slowed down to 60, and it never came out from under that overpass. So by this time, I was feeling a little nervous about this situation, so I sped up and drove 90 all the way to Missoula, Montana, where I am right now. Um, I didn't stop. I didn't slow down. I'm still feeling that it's not a conspiracy thing, or my paranoia button, though, has been pushed and was pushed, and I'm hoping... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that feeling will pass soon, but it was a really, really strange situation being out on the highway. And I remembered the Dan Aykroyd story about the SUV he saw 
and the blurry license plates that he couldn't make out. The license plates on this on this suburban, I could make these out. They were Colorado plates, which sounds pretty benign, right? But just some Colorado plates. But there's a footnote and there's a little bit of interesting backstory here. I've been having all kinds of trouble with a website, like I said, not loading because it wasn't a secure website. And at the time, I didn't have a single person download a podcast for three days because of the website problem. But I had 17 downloads four nights ago and then nothing. Those 17 downloads were all from the state of Colorado. In fact, according to my stats on podbean.com, 67% of all my downloads were from Colorado. Two-thirds of all my downloads were from Colorado. And I'm assuming that this is a coincidence and uh, <laughs> a comedy of errors and computer glitches and the abundance of, of blacked-out suburbans from Colorado that are driving through Montana or the men in black are watching me. I don't believe in men in black, but I have become interested. Um, there's a man by the name of uh, Jacob, and it's Jeers, I think, has published a story for Thought.com, and uh, that's Thought.com. And he discusses some prominent Men in Black stories. Um, and these aren't just news stories. Men in Black experts are saying these guys in the black suits have been around for a very, very long time. So um, it's, it's an article that's worth checking out. But one of the things he talks about um, is uh, Dr. Albert K. Bender, who was a well-written and extremely intelligent researcher who founded, all the way back in 1955, he founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau, which sounds really interesting. And uh, he had some papers that he was going to, that he was going to publish and unveil. And uh, he said that it would, would prove that the U.S. government had, to one degree or another, covered up proof of UFOs. And he planned to publish his findings in the Space Review. And, and that was until he was visited by Men in Black. And he claims that that three men dressed in all black visited, visited him at his home and warned him against pursuing the topic of USO, UFOs any further. And the men left Bender scared for his life, and he immediately shut down his research um, and the Flying Saucer Bureau. And uh, many people that knew him said he was a changed man after that. Um, there was another... Uh, a, Somebody by the name of uh, Harold Dahl and his sons were sa salvaging logs on a fishing boat, and they spied a, a six-donut-shaped six aircraft flying through the area above them, and um, they dropped molten waste into the lake. And that's, that's kind of a common theme from, for other UFO sightings, but uh, um, which allegedly, the, whatever this drop, this molten stuff that was falling into the lake, allegedly kills um, Dahl's dog and injures his son. And a few days later, after talking about the affairs with his boss and friends, he was visited by the mysterious men in black. And uh, they urged him not to discuss the encounter. And not long after that, he was visited by several Air Force agents who were said to be on a mission to gather information. And uh, not long after the encounter with the men in black, Dahl claimed that the, the whole thing was a hoax, and he recanted um, years later, having alleged made the first confession under duress. 
And then there's the uh, Solway Firth Spaceman photo that uh, was from Great Britain. Jim Templeton was shocked to discover a figure in the background of a photo he took of his daughter, which was not in the camera's viewfinder when he took the photo. The film was verified by Authentic by Kodak, and Templeton's story went public, and it seems to depict some sort of uh, tall creature behind his daughter wearing a space helmet. Um, Not long after that went public, he was visited by two government agents who referred to themselves as number nine and number 10, and they demanded to see the site of the photo and questioned Templeton about the event. When Templeton told them he didn't see the figure personally, the men became angry and stormed out of the field and uh, never to be seen again. Um, Templeton was later contacted by two employees at a missile launch pad in Australia who claimed that they saw two figures that resembled the man in his daughter's photo on the launch pad security footage. And um, apparently the missiles at that site in Australia had been produced only 20 miles away from the field where Templeton took the original photo. In another case, Danny Gordon, a radio personality, became interested in a flurry of Wythe County UFO sightings. Um, Multiple people across the county claimed to have seen bizarre objects in the sky, and and Gordon decided to investigate. However, strange things began to happen to Gordon. He received a phone call from somebody who claimed to be ex-military and warned him that his research could cost him everything, and they urged him to stop for his family's sake. Gordon was also interviewed by two men in black suits who claimed to work for a magazine publication. Not long after the interview, Gordon realized all of his photos were missing. He contacted the magazine for information, and they claimed to have never heard of him, much less commission an article about him. And not long after that, Gordon suffered a heart attack, and his doctor warned him that all the research and stress was jeopardizing his health. Gordon gave up the story and was never bothered again. So again, that story um, written by a man called, it's interesting, written by a man called Jacob Jeers, and it's on thoughtcatalog.com. Please go to my website. It's at www.myalienlifepodcast.com, which is now a secure website, and you can look at everything. And let me know if you can't, please, and we'll get it fixed again. Oh, and the suburban pick is on the Facebook page. So go to the website and follow the Facebook link and check it out, please. There's also a link with Dan Aykroyd talking about his experience. This is Cam Brower, and thank you for experiencing my alien life. <laughs>